Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. on Speed Street. It is a monumental uh, week for us. We weren't here for you last week, and for that, we apologize. Connor was traveling, getting ready for the season to start. I was traveling. I was becoming a horse owner. Connor was becoming a uh, moose NFT owner, apparently. We'll get into all that. But it's a monumental week because we're just coming off the Daytona 500, and the IndyCar season is fully back. We are back, baby. Connor Daly, what's up, my man? How we feeling? You know what? I... I feel great. It's it's awesome. I know we were we were not around last week, which is a shame. But I was home for exactly nine hours from Monday till Friday, so there was uh, there was a lot going on, uh, and I still have so many questions about this horse that you now own. <laughs> I think that's fascinating. Uh, a big horse racing guy, love the old Kentucky Derby, yeah. um, and yeah, man. I mean, we 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 had Daytona. Uh, we have some incredible guests this week too. Obviously, I wanted to get right into it. Right, we got first big, big motor race of the of the season. Let's get a couple guys who were in it. You know what I mean? Uh, Landon Castle, Noah Gregson. We're we're doubling down. We're getting two guys in mainly because I asked three people, thinking two would ignore me. But turns out we got two out of the three. So beautiful. Uh, no, I think this is kind of you know what people uh, hopefully can expect more and more from us as the season. Uh, it self rolls on both from NASCAR angle, from the IndyCar angle, uh, being able to hop on here and, 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 you know, use your resources, use my resources like we talked about to get some insight and have some fun. So, yeah, great conversations with Landon Castle, great conversation with Lo, uh, Noah Gragson. 
Um, and we're, we're going to recap uh, the 500. We're going to talk about um, IndyCar expectations, preview the season. I got predictions, man. I got some predictions for you. So I'm hoping that you're ready for them. I love it. I, I, I want to start out right out the gate. Tell me about this horse. I, I, I got to know about this horse a little bit before we dive into our guests. Yeah. So I was, I was playing a little close to the chest um, because I wanted to make sure everything went through and, and we were all, you know, green flag, green light, a go. And uh, we are. And so what happened is uh, this, this, this company called America's Best Racing, ABR, um, they reached out to me in partnership with West Point Thoroughbred, um, owned by this guy, Terry Finley, total badass, uh, army, uh, dude for his whole life. And then when he got out of the active military, he was like, I love horses. I want to, I want to be a horse owner and I want to run, run these, these boys. And, uh, so that's what he did. So he started West Point Thoroughbred, owns all these different racehorses, ponies, thoroughbreds. And, uh, and the partnership with them too, they reached out to me, wanted to know if I want to be a part owner um, of a horse called uh, Vinko, who is three years old. He only had his second start over the weekend, so he's just a baby, but a lot of potential. And essentially, they were like, you be a part owner of this horse with us. You create some content. Uh, come be a fan of Vinko. Kind of promote the sport. And there you go. You're, you're an owner of the horse. So I get stake at whatever Vinko wins. Oh, um, love it. And it's, it's a really, really cool thing, man. It's a really, really big deal. Um, and so I was down in New Orleans this past weekend cheering on Binko. Second start didn't go that well. Um, he came out the gate pretty well. His first start, Connor, he finished second, which was very impressive. Um, but second, yeah, but his second start, he came out of the gate better than he did in his first. It was his first two-turn race. So his first race was just a one-turn around the curve. This was a two-turn race. And then halfway through, he threw a shoe. He threw a horseshoe, oh. so that that messed with them. Um, he was not ready for that, and so he's all good. We're right. going to go to one, but yeah. Very similar to the Daytona 500 over the weekend. People were losing tires. Yes. And we, saw, we saw people losing wheels. Very, very similar. You had, you had the same situation in Horseland. Yes, in Horseland at the New Orleans uh, Fairgrounds. Uh, Vinko threw a shoe, lost a, a horse tire, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it ended up not being the results that we wanted. But uh, from what I understand so far, uh, the horse is healthy. Vinko's feeling good, and so we're gonna we're gonna see what's next at his next race, and and hope for a better result, man. So it's wild horse ownership. I'm in here. Vinko's my boy. Go Vinko, go. And then on top of that, you got an NFT. What I don't, I still don't know what it is. Tell me about it. You and Rossi are moose owners. What's going on? Yeah, so I, I was pitched it like this. Obviously, I'm a big crypto guy now. We got you know Bit Nile, Ernity. We got a lot of great stuff going on. Big Bitcoin guy. But I, <laughs> I first saw this moose project via Scott Dixon. And anytime Scott Dixon is doing anything, you assume that it's going to be successful. So as soon as I saw Scott Dixon put on his Instagram story something about Metamoose, I was like, you have my interest. And then saw a couple other people maybe sprinkling in on the Moose game. It was Alexander Rossi. And again, Alexander Rossi, big brain, big brain in that guy. So I'm thinking, hang on, if I'm watching my friends right in front of me potentially get in on a project early where you could potentially have a nice little ROI, return on investment, as they say, mm. I need to learn more. So sure enough, 
We're getting in over the weekend. And I talked to Marco Andretti about it. Marco Andretti, big moose guy. Sage Karam, oh. big moose guy. So we're all in on these meta moose, which apparently I have no idea what they're going to look like. The, the, the funniest part about the sentence that was pitched to me was that, like, look, these meta moose are going to be great. They're designed by incredibly talented 3D artists or whatever. And um, they own <laughs> they own space in the sandbox in the metaverse that's apparently next to Snoop's house in the metaverse. So Ooh. now we've got virtual moose grazing in the sandbox next to Snoop's house in the virtual land. Don't know what that means at all, honestly, but I do own a moose and i as soon as i can get more moose i'm going to buy another moose i think so so it actually looks like a moose like one you would see out in like montana no these moose are like very artsy we've seen some examples some of them have glasses uh like big cool jackets uh i don't know i i am honestly not entirely sure because we don't even actually have and I, we don't have their, they're not minted yet. So no one's, we don't see it. We don't see them. My moose is just a box with a question mark on its head right now. So it's a very exciting adventure, we'll say. And I don't know much about it, but boy, is it going to be hilarious. Okay. Wow. So Scott Dixon, Marco, you, Rossi. Now, do you guys have to put on like the Oculus, like the headset thing to go into the verse and see <laughs> The moose? The moose? I have no idea. I just, I own, I know that I own it. It's in my uh, crypto wallet per se. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. If there is an opportunity to see my moose in the metaverse, I will, I will do that. Um, but again, if Scott Dixon's involved, it's probably going to be successful so get in on the meta moose train before it's too late. There's only going to be 7,800 or whatever of them made. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, again, not a clue on what it'll turn out to be, but it's an exciting adventure. Sure. Yeah, no, definitely. See, I, you know, that is exciting. That's good. I, I am having – I don't know. I don't want to be a guy that like doesn't want to wrap his head around new things, but it's, it's tough for me. I like, I like the tangible tangibility of Vinco. You know, I yes. go, I was there. I was touching him. I was petting him. Look at this dude. He bit me. Look at that. Your horse bit you. A horse bit me. You see That's that? All right. Look at that bruise, bro. That's a serious bite. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's all yellow and, and black and blue. So, uh, but that's your guy. That's your horse. Yeah, you know he's a baby. You know, and so it's just a little playful. From what they told me, you know, they said it's good luck to get bit. Well, he did. Ended up being shit luck because he finished last in the race. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I just got this bruise, but it wasn't like a bite. It was like he was just kind of playing, nibbling, and you know, a horse they got these big John Elway mouths and, and teeth, and he took a little nibble, and it was like. You ever gotten pinched by like a weight? Like you got your fingers caught in between like plates of weights or anything? You know yes. I mean? That's essentially what happened. It was like that tight, like, ah, I got pinched. And then I looked up and it was just a big old bruise. So ah, man, there's 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 a lot that's been going on. I'm 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 very, very excited for you, very excited for our investments, very excited for uh for our guests that are coming right up. Um and as I mentioned, we've got Landon Castle, Noah Gregson, and uh, I can't wait to see what you guys 
think of what they have to say. You want to get into the Landon conversation? You want to get into Let's that? do it right away. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ladies and gentlemen, we've mentioned that uh, we were going to have a guest, a podcast guest this man is a man that I have known for uh, several years now, a man who has been uh, a pioneer in the NASCAR industry uh, for the crypto world, the, uh, the amazing world of people with big brains, bigger than mine, uh, a man who has driven for the small teams, has grinded it out, has always put results on the board when it counts, for the smaller groups. However, now he has an incredible chance to really compete for wins, uh, which is very exciting for those who are sitting at home uh, cheering along. So uh, welcome uh, to the show, Landon Castle, everyone. Thank you. That was great. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> that was a wonderful yeah. intro. You know what, Landon? I There's a lot that happened over the weekend. I watched more NASCAR sessions, I think, than I ever have my entire <laughs> life uh, because I'm trying to keep my own preseason pretty pretty low-key. I'm trying to be respectful to my body. Uh, I didn't even consume, haven't even consumed an alcoholic beverage in many, many weeks. Um, very tough for you. It's very tough for you. Tough. Yeah, it's, it's tough for sure. And I think one of, the, one of the things that I've been most looking forward to having you on and asking you about is – you are now competing, obviously, with a very, very high-level team, college racing in the Xfinity Series, but also you're doing, you know, cup races now as well uh, with, a, with a fairly good team also, um, and that means you're extremely busy. So I, I want to talk about the Xfinity side first because I think right out the gate, qualifying strong, right? I don't know, when was the last time you were potentially fighting for a pole in the Xfinity Series? it's been 10 years <laughs> yeah one time actually only one time i've i've been to daytona in the xfinity series with a, a car that fast i drove for phoenix racing and i qualified second and finished third see long yeah. time yeah now, long time. <laughs> when you get to that race though i remember texting you before the daytona 500 right two different philosophies you think or would you kind of would you say there was a similar philosophy because i think you're very good and you use your big brain to know when to attack is that were there two different mindsets entirely for the two races it's definitely two different mindsets uh on saturday the mindset is or was to to run up front all day you know and and compete for a win which is something that it's such a weird thing to say but that's kind of new for me right because i have this this body of work where i like you said have have learned how nascar races play out and learn and know when to push you know push the attack um but from the perspective of running 15th um and so sunday for me was actually kind of old hat in terms of you know pressing the putting the pressure on 
um, and being in the right place and managing a race from the perspective of, of running outside the top 20 to, to get a top 15 finish. Um, so two very, very, very different races for me this weekend. And so on the Xfinity side as well, I, I think you've got like really strong teammates as well. Obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, AJ, AJ nearly, you know, nearly was there at the end. I really, really, really wanted to see that final drag to the, you know, to the start finish. I think there were several races uh, that were robbed of that drag to the finish, like the truck race as well with our friend Parker. Um, But did you guys, is, is there something that that team, is it just pure aerodynamic efficiency? Is it everything that is just, you know, when you go there and you're in the pack, you, you could control where you wanted to go or like, were you a good pusher? Was it a good, were you good to be leading? What was, what was like the strength of, of this car, I guess, you know, that, 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 I guess people don't know coming from a, let's say a mid pack team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that, um, the, the cars are fast. Right. And it, and that's just, it's pretty simple. And, and that's simple at Daytona because at Daytona, it's about building speed. I mean, you do have to have some good handling in the race, but, um, but you know, we qualified, uh, my teammate, Daniel Hemrick qualified on the pole. I qualified sixth. AJ's car had a little bit more downforce built into it. He qualified 11, but still, you know, the three of us in practice, the three of us drafted exclusively together with no other. um, We did not have any toe from a pack in front of us or anything, just drafting together. um, And we were in the top 10 in practice. So we knew we had fast cars. So that's step one. Um, But really what the, the secret sauce there is how well that team works together as a team. And that's, that was my first race with this team. And I had several meetings, you know, with colleague racing about how they operate on track and at these super speedways to work together. And, you know, I think the downside to that, it's not a, even a downside, but what happens in the race is our competitors know how well we work together and that, how well that team works together. So you almost can't count on your competitors at all for support. Um, it's all about, you know, your colleague racing team. Landon Connor said that you're a big crypto guy. Uh, now for, could you try to explain crypto to a DARF, a dumbass race fan in 30 <laughs> seconds? Could you do that? Uh, crypto is money for the internet and it's, it's, it's the ability to actually send something that you own, um, to somebody else digitally without using some ma- monstrous corporate intermediary that's o- only open nine to five Monday through Friday. Um, you're not using some middleman to, to make facilitate a transaction. I can send you a digital thing um, just right now with, for basically free. Well, okay. If it's okay. I think that, that that was pretty good for, you know, I think there's a few big words in there that may, you know, be a struggle for some to understand, but for the most <laughs> part, I'm kind of, I'm kind of picking it up on it. Connor, are you what? picking it, up on it or what? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm a crypto guy now. I mean, we got, I got my, my sponsor is very, very crypto related. I bought my first <laughs> NFT over the weekend. That's I bought awesome. a virtual loose, uh, feel very good about it. Not sure where it's, it's going to hang out or what it's going to do, but, uh, but we're all in on the future. And I mean, Landon, would you say you, I I would, I mean, from a, from an outsider's perspective, obviously I would say you essentially spearheaded this crypto partnership uh, 
like game in NASCAR. I mean, you've seen small, small things here and there, but like you have a full-time ride with a really high level team, um, you know, funded by Voyager, which is like at a very well-known crypto trading app. Right. So like, that's, that's gotta be a cool thing. You're kind of like the leading the next level of, of, of partnerships. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely, there's been some small deals out there, but we were the first last year to, to put together a fully funded, um, you know, every race sponsored deal that's paid in crypto as well. So Voyager is a, a, a crypto brokerage platform. You download the app, you can sign up, it takes less than 60 seconds and you're trading immediately. You can buy Bitcoin, you can buy 80 different crypto assets on their platform. So um it's it's an incredible it's an incredible company it's an incredible brand and you know we are we we are kind of leading the charge i mean there's a lot of marketing dollars being spent in the crypto space especially by um these trading platforms and the cool thing about voyager is they you know they don't really want just a super bowl commercial where you could see the other their competitors that did super bowl commercials i mean they they shot up the app rankings um but then a week later they're right back down to where they were uh, Voyager is is crypto for all, and they want to tell that story, and they want to reach people, and um, they love NASCAR and, and racing, and um, it's a it's a it's a great partnership because I've I am a crypto guy. I've been in the space for a long time. I used to mine Bitcoin in my basement, um, <laughs> and and uh, uh, bought Bitcoin long time ago, several years ago. So uh, it's it for me, it's like something that's kind of come to fruition that my wife was heavily heavily questioning my financial decisions years and years ago but it's it's paid off did you do the qr code of that super bowl commercial were you were you one of the sheep that went and, and plugged in the qr code <laughs> no i didn't wow no, because that's competitors he stays true to his he stays true to his brand <laughs> <laughs> wow, so well, you I still right watch the app, but I mean, and they were there were some good commercials, but I mean, it's uh, and it was you know, it's all great marketing, but um, there's just a lot of different strategies, and I think Voyagers, you know, they they're they're partnered with the Dallas Mavericks, myself, um, the National Women's Soccer League, and then they have a number of athletes out there, and including Rob Gronkowski, and um, and some some cool some cool things are really like get get connected with people more directly um which is kind of in line with the crypto for all uh, motto that's awesome i i i think it's great mainly because i also have a, a crypto trading uh, app sponsor that is releasing their app very soon it's called ernity very excited about it it's probably going to be a competitor to you but you know whatever we're gonna you know, we're, all, <laughs> we're all friends together um so obviously the xfinity race went great for you i mean look did we get the win? No, but like you were there. And again, you're fighting for a championship, right? So if you come out of there, where did you finish fifth or fourth or something like that? No, no, we were 14th. I got caught up in that last lap crash. Oh, well, you know what? That's, you're exactly right. Anyway, 14th, still better than not. Um, I don't know why I thought fifth. I don't know who I was part because of. Because if I would have got through the wreck, I would have finished fifth. <laughs> yeah. Well, how dare you get caught up in that wreck? That's shameful uh, for me to not know that. But I want to I want to talk about the Daytona 500 now as well because I know yeah. Joey's been getting into NASCAR. I've got him into NASCAR now. We're watching all the stuff on the weekend. He's got a Dale Earnhardt hat on right now. It's very, very exciting. Uh, I, there's a few things about the new car though, right? Like I want to know – like you've driven the old generation car. You've driven a lot of cup cars. The first thing I want to know is I heard a lot of rumors about the temperature in the car. 
like mm-hmm. how the temperature was. Was there any difference you thought between this car now temperature wise compared to the previous one? No, I mean, it was, it was warm in the car. Um, I would say it's, it wasn't as drafty as the old car was the old car. You could catch like, um, some fresh air into the car every once in a while. This one was just like, it wasn't too hot by any means, but it was just warm and it stayed warm the whole time. Um, I was comfortable in it. You know, I did run my cool shirt, which is, uh, something that I haven't run in the past, but a lot of drivers have been going towards it. And I do anticipate using the cool shirt more often this year, early in the season, the, the weather is going to be cooler. At a lot of tracks, I won't be running it, um, just to kind of build up the conditioning, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too hot in the car. Um, but I could see, I could see how it would get hot because <laughs> they've done a lot of work to, to keep the temps down inside the cockpit. For sure. Was it weird running the Fox nation car at a race that only goes left? <laughs> well, I mean, it turns out when you, when you are sponsored by the broadcast partner, you get an awful lot of TV time. So that part of it was, was really cool for me. And, uh, you know, Fox you had an onboard camera. What's that? Yeah, I know. You have an onboard people ask me all the time, man, you have an onboard camera. It's like, well, I mean, I'm sponsored by the, the company that's broadcasting the entire race. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, man. I, I think the, I, I have a very interesting look at this event as well, because I remember texting you, right? You said, I'm going to hang around for 480 miles. And I was like, you know what? I respect that. <laughs> but the funny part about that was, is that last accident, I... I watched Noah Gregson, friend of mine. I, 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 he was trying to fight up there the whole time, the whole time, the whole time. He's getting a lot of great TV coverage, whatever. He's right there and then gets swept up in the crash. But that crash was like, I, if, if I'm right about the one crash, they had just caught your pack as well to put you guys like a lap down or something. And it was like right there when they were going around you guys. So I was like, man, there's two different strategies here that – both were essentially right near the large accident that happened. Yeah. But the whole race, you're also thinking, all right, well, in the end, you were right there. Like, you were, after all the yellows, after everything, like, to be fair, you were in the lead pack and right essentially there to try to find some positions at the end. Yeah, I mean, we, we really um... – we we were hoping that there'd be one last wreck before the white and maybe re-rack them with, you know, 10 or 12 cars or 15 cars, but five of them are damaged because that's what it was looking like. There was only 15, 16, well, there's like 20 cars left on the race, you know, in the race. So, <clears throat> um, which, you know, they, they, they did end up wrecking, but it was at the, at the checkered flag. So yeah. we did a lot of riding, you know, we, the, the strategy was very well executed in terms of a patient strategy. There's nothing sexy about it. I mean, I didn't race my balls off, you know, at any point in the race, it, it was more, you, it was more just 500 miles of grinding it out. And we had plenty of adversity. Um, our first pit stop, we had a loose wheel and which, Turns out when you only have one lug nut holding the wheel on, if that lug nut is loose, it's a bad, bad thing. Pretty important. <laughs> we were we were incredibly lucky that it not only the tire didn't fall off, but it didn't break. You know, we saw a lot of people like their wheel didn't just didn't come off, but it was loose enough that it broke the wheel or something happened. So we're really fortunate that I was able to get back to pit road and get that fixed. Uh, in stage two, I had a little nice little uh, fire under the dash. Um, 
So <clears throat> in these good. new cars, Fires are always good in race in race cars. That's what yep. everyone. Wants. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they keep you warm. Yeah. Um, the the we have a rear view camera in these cars. I, I think you've probably seen something like that. So instead of a rear view mirror, now we have a rear view camera, just like you would on your street car. And um, there, I noticed a puff of smoke behind the camera. And I keyed the mic and I said, hey, guys, I, I just saw some white smoke under the dash. I'll keep you posted on what it is. And then about five seconds later, a little fire erupted from where the smoke came from. And I said, hey, I got a fire now. Um, and it, it burned for about five seconds and then flamed out. And then another white puff of smoke. And then my camera went black. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, so it was a, it was a, a, a wire shorted out um in the in the camera so i lost my camera the entire rest of the race which that was uh, not fun either but you guys still uh, do have the physical rear view mirror as well right or no so my teammate Corey has not been running a rear view mirror he's just oh. been running the camera i i still had a rear view mirror in my car so i was able to use the mirror uh, but you go from you know here on visibility with a camera to like virtually none in fact, in the rearview mirror behind me, the only thing I could see was basically the roof cam on top of the car behind me, just like almost like a shark. <laughs> like I could see like a shark fin. Um, see, that very difficult. Like I've only done a little bit, like I've done one Xfinity race, two truck races, but the truck races for sure, not having the side mirrors that I'm used to in the Indy car. Yeah. It, the visibility is, is not great. Like it's, it's definitely not awesome. And like, I love the technology, right? We love a bit of technology for this rear view camera. That goes out, though. Like, I mean, that's, that's tough. And, like, your spotters are so good that you just have to trust those guys. And mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's a lot of people, again, so many people are like, oh, that looks easier than we think it is. I'm like, you guys really have no idea because they can't see anything. They're just listening to this guy who's got binoculars up on top of a grandstand. And, <laughs> you know, what? you better trust the heck out of that guy. Yeah, it's uh, it, the and believe it or not, the next gen car has worse visibility uh, than the old car. There, in fact, I have I have a lot of work to do on my left side mirror because I never did get it right. I couldn't see anything out of my left side mirror, so the camera was showing me not just what was behind the car, but it has a decent field of view of what's left of the car. So I was able to use my camera for behind me and sort of cars that might be looking to my inside. Uh, when I lost that, it was like, okay, I need to rethink how I'm defending my position <laughs> in the drive. Uh, so, one thing about this new car as well, I, I kind of want to get your feel on it. Like, what I, I watched the entire race, and like, I thought, I, I guess I thought it raced well, but I'm not. I, I, it was very interesting to see, like, whether the Fords were fast or like if certain people could get paired up. I mean, did you think? Because I think a lot of people thought the Fords were very fast over the few days did you think there was a bit of a manufacturer parody was there was there certain people who worked better together I mean and and like how did you think the car raced because like I know like I watched Brad Keselowski turn a bunch of people directly into the wall and mm -hmm. I didn't know if that was just because you could have taken more of a push in the previous generation car or mm -hmm. or how that worked out um so to answer the kind of both questions there the first one I think that the manufacturers, I know that there's, uh, I don't want to say I know, 
I've heard that there's some arrow differences. I think that they're like all aware of the arrow differences, but I think at the end of the day, the intent of the design of those cars, they all, my understanding is they all work together to make sure that they are pretty equal um, because they, they don't want to get into a, you know, a battle on these manufacturers. They just want to legalize a car it have some brand identity and then let the teams work on them. Um, so I think that by and large, they're pretty equal. Honestly, when it comes to the Fords, I think they just work what well, they work together better at super speedways. And that's what you're seeing in terms of the strength of the Fords, um, on the cup side, those guys just do a great job working together. And then as far as Brad running people over and just wrecking people, um, I see that and it's, you know, and, and it's not just him. It's, it's all of those wrecks. And, and the problem is with, for whatever reason, and it's the same with this car as it was our last car. Um, the, you know, the, the only person who never gets wrecked at these super speedways is the guy who causes the wreck. Yeah. <laughs> like, the and i think that's part of the aggression that comes out in drivers like brad because they're smart i mean brad knows that he's watched he's been in these races he knows how to win them um for some reason if you just harpoon somebody in the trioval racing for the win you you're the one that always makes it out you're the one that always like turns him and you get through and then like 15 cars behind you get piled up so it's a hell of a lot better to be the guy that's just on the aggressor and that's NASCAR in a, in a nutshell. Um, if for some reason it's just, you know, you rewarded for aggression in our, in our form of motorsport. So sounds uh, like you got a new strategy, man. I know just wrecked the hell out of everybody every <laughs> single week. But is it, uh, is it, we saw it with Kozlowski on Sunday and, and Connor mentioned it, but is he the one who, who's the driver that you've seen them coming, your spotter's telling you they're on your rear, and you're like, ah, shit. This <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, at the cup level, it's most of those guys, right? Because it's just everybody's aggressive, and that's the modern-day stock car driver. Um, it's getting that way on the Xfinity side, too. I mean, there's a lot of good drivers in there, and I don't really enjoy having any of them behind me. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's a fair point. I, I find that racing, honestly – I got, I got so many people into watching this race, uh, each race of so the truck race, the Xfinity race, the cup race, and I'm seeing what's going on. And again, for, for most of the race, not a lot going on, but those last, it's honestly the last 50 laps or whatever the last, the last pit stop. I, I, I see, I like to see everything. I'm like, Oh, well that guy. Okay. doesn't work well with that guy. There's uh, this, that, or whatever. And, and I, and I, and I do find it fascinating because you know, who's going to be the guy that gets left behind? And then how are you going to work your way back up? Mm -hmm. uh, th that to me is a very interesting science. And, you know, you guys go from like, oh, well, they just got lapped. And then all of a sudden yellow and you're like, oh, well, hang on. They're like right back in there again. And yep. you're just kind of waiting and hanging out. So it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very interesting game to me. And honestly, I can't wait to how many cup races do you actually have scheduled for this year? I'm running 13. So I am running all four super speedways. <clears throat> um, my next race is Phoenix. And then some of the other fun ones that I have, I'm running both Darlington's I'm running both Richmond's. Um, so those will be good tracks for me. I, you know, I love those tracks. And, uh, and I think the next gen cards gonna be a lot of fun at those tracks. You know, the track, uh, I'm, I'm excited to drive that car on a short track. Uh, the braking potential in it compared to what I'm used to is, really impressive 
Um, so, Even on Cooper Speedways, like, did you guys find that you could break oh God, way yeah. deeper coming to the pits here? Oh yeah, it was like probably fifty car lengths deeper into <laughs> pit road than my Xfinity car. <laughs> oh man, it looked like it honestly. Like I, when I was watching you guys come to the pits, I was like, "Tell you what, this is, this looks a lot different than the previous car." Yeah. The other thing you notice is like I I think there'll be a difference in in missing wrecks in that car too because yeah I was pretty close to the pack when they wrecked in the trial well not at the end of the race but but the the second to last crash might have been the one that Noah was in and it was right in front of me and I just slammed on the it was like everybody around me everybody in unison just slammed on the brakes and we all slowed down you know we didn't like go piling into the crash like yeah. used to. no I noticed that I and I think. That- that's great because, well, obviously the people that want to see giant, you know, giant bottles of cars and just stuff flying everywhere, bit of a shame. But like for you as drivers, you got to be super happy that, you know what, you can be like, all right, if something happens, I'm going to stop that sucker and get out of the way. Yeah, for sure. But I still think, um, I think that those people who are tuning in to see a big wreck at Daytona and Talladega, I don't think they have to worry because the cars are still quite a bit of a handful and the wrecks are still going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and the cars, they spin out, they go different directions. They do a lot of weird things. So, um, you know, there's still going to be wrecks, but it just was really interesting. It, it can change some of your strategy. If you're the type of team that wants to lay back on super speedways, maybe you don't have to lay back as far anymore. You know, maybe you can kind of stay a little bit closer to striking distance, knowing that, Hey, if a wreck happens, you've got the braking potential to get the car stopped. How long do you think it'll take before, like how many races, with this car you think it'll take before you see these kind of strategies, these people figuring these things out, whether it's the braking, uh, just these different strategies, how long do you think it'll take? I, it won't take long at all. I mean, I could see we go through the, through the West coast and, you know, maybe things start still look the same or, or people are still using their old ways and old habits. But I mean, people are already adapting and changing right now. So you know, by the time we get to Charlotte in May, it's like, I'm sure there will be some new things that, that are completely new procedural procedural for a race team different than what they used to do. And I don't know what those are. I don't, I don't know what those things are, but we have a lot of new things. I mean, you have the new car and you also have a new sort of weekend format, right? Because practice and qualifying at the majority of our races is essentially one warm-up session where we used to practice and then we'd come in the next morning and qualify now you get a 20-minute warm-up to basically burn a set of tires and fuel your car out and then you go qualify immediately after so um the way the teams prepare the way the drivers prepare um the balance that you're looking for in practice is going to be different um so it's there's a lot of new stuff that the teams are learning right now well, former, former oh, hold up, hold up. Former yeah. NASCAR, uh, former NASCAR, uh, well, still legend, but we're seeing him over in the IndyCar series full time this year. Jimmy Johnson, how do you think that he's going to fare? What are your thoughts as a current NASCAR guy looking at uh, old JJ over there going ovals and road and street with IndyCar? Um, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. I, I think, uh, JJ has got to be, he's, he's got to be working his tail off right now. It's like learning a whole new discipline. I mean, am I right, Connor? No, you're right. I, but I, the one thing I think Joey and I talked about too, is like, I, I do think he's going to be good on the open. So I, I think 
I think him on the road and street courses, tough. But, like, you guys get ovals. You guys understand what you want out of the cars. It doesn't matter if it's – we saw Kurt Busch do it. You know, he came over, was competitive. I think we see, you know, Fernando Alonso come over. Any, 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 it doesn't matter if you come from Formula 1 or NASCAR. I think if you get to grips with the ovals, especially Jimmy, I think Jimmy's going to be really good. I like get the 500 and, and certainly maybe not at Texas, but like definitely Indy, I think will be something that he, uh, he gets. I mean, I, I've already told people, I was like, Jimmy's going to be fighting for a win. I, I, I do think so. I could see, this is a crazy thing. And this, I'm basing this solely off of iRacing, but <laughs> I feel like the Indy is such a unique racetrack that the way you drive it in a NASCAR race car on iRacing is still translatable to how you drive it in an Indy car, right? Like the way that turn two is always slicker than turn four and you, the way you have to back it up and, a, and, a, and like anticipate and, you know, like the way you draft down the straightaways, but then you have to like give some space in the corner. I mean, we've had to do all that in our race car, in our, in our stock cars. The only difference is like, you know, you're breaking at the three into the corner instead of either holding a wide open or like part throttling through the corner. Right. So, and obviously we don't downshift, but like just the way that you approach corners at Indy um, from 200 miles an hour with a min speed of 155 to, you know, 220 with a min speed of 200 to me is still pretty similar uh, where at Texas, I mean, it's like flat, right? Like it's just flat out for you guys all the way around. I wish, I wish. it's not anymore, but I wish <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe that's crazy. Maybe that's crazy talk, but, but I, I feel like when I get on iRacing um, and I run Indy in, in an Indy car, you know, the way that I get off of two and four is very similar to how I approach it in, in a cup car as well. Um, so I don't know, maybe that'll help Jimmy. I mean, he, he had a lot of success at Indianapolis and he'll be in good stuff. I think he'll, I, I honestly, yeah, I think he's going to be great. I, I'm excited for this season overall. There's a lot, a lot going on for you guys. I think there's a lot going on on the IndyCar side. Um, and I just, uh, I, I think motor racing right now, and, and we see it with the new partnerships. Everyone's got a, everyone's got a television show as well on the side. I think all of that stuff is, you know, I, I have a little bit of a problem with what NASCAR was using, saying it was the best drivers in the world competing for the biggest, most coveted racing trophy in the world. <laughs> had a little bit of a problem with that in my brain because I wish we could just all be like, oh, this is some of the best drivers in the world, and then we're all, you know, together. <laughs> but that's very selfish of me, and you know what? It is what it is. Definitely but, the best stock car drivers in the world, but there's a uh... – you know, that's the amazing thing about motorsports is just like there will always be that debate on, on oh, yeah. that because the the motorsport, you know, to be a great motorsport driver in any discipline, it's just it would take me an entire lifetime to it, it would take me an entirely different lifetime to be anywhere near what it takes to be a Formula One driver or even an IndyCar driver for that matter. Right. Like I've invested my entire life in being a stock car driver. And, um, and that type of racing is, I would have to start all over again, uh, from go-karts to be able to learn how to break with downforce or something like that. <laughs> that's, well, the beauty, that's the beauty of what we're doing here on speed street. You got an IndyCar driver, Connor Daly, who's a co-host. Then we get an Xfinity series, a cup series, NASCAR driver, Landon Castle on man. Uh, Hey, appreciate the time, dude. I know you were busy. 
and uh, you got a full week ahead. And uh, we, we, we uh, thank you for stopping by and, and having some fun with us. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I'm pumped to see what you're doing the rest of the year. Honestly, it's, 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 it's an emotional thing for me because every weekend when you were driving, I said, man, what do we need to do to go from finishing 20th to winning? What do we need? What do we need? And now you have that chance. So it's, yeah. it's very cool. And I'm excited to see, honestly, the, the cup stuff as well. I can't yeah. wait to see how you guys progress. So uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Corey LaJoy turned me down because he was too busy. Uh, so please tell your teammate that, uh, if he ever finds time, he can also be on the podcast. As well. <laughs> well, same to you this year. You know, it's like the, for me, the focus has shifted from like, Hey, how do you know, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, I need the sponsor. I need the team. Um, and now I've, I've got both of those things. So for me, it's like, all right, well now it's, it's introspective. Like, you know, I, I have spent more time every single day thinking about how to make myself better than, than ever before. And I'm not saying maybe I was doing, wasn't doing it right before. There's so much other things I was worried about because my car wasn't fast enough or I didn't have the sponsorship I needed. Uh, but now I, you know, really have those excuses and now I'm, I'm, I'm getting comfortable with that. You know, I'm getting, ex it's a motivator. Uh, it gets me up in the morning and I'm in a different mental place in terms of like, how can I be the best I can be? So uh, for all the rest of you buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sounds good. Best of luck. We'll be talking. Thanks. All right, so we have another incredible guest uh, who is a professional motor racing driver, uh, competed over the weekend in the Daytona 500, his first Daytona 500, and also in the Xfinity Series, very successful Xfinity Series driver, incredible American hero uh, to many folks out there. Uh, he has lots of Bass Pro Shop shirts. He also is a uh, driver of the number 62 machine who, uh, well, he crashed, but it was awesome to see him out there. And Noah has a shot at winning every single Xfinity race every single weekend. Uh, Noah Gregson, we appreciate you uh, being here with us, myself and Joey. Uh, thank you so much. How are you doing today, buddy? Are you feeling okay? Did the crash hurt? What was going on? Yeah, we were running uh, like sixth or seventh and got hooked by Harvick with like, seven eight nine laps to go in the daytona 500 so uh we were close to one in, but yeah her her big time uh shoulders neck everything hurt pretty bad today what's the yesterday. process like for you man when you're when you're hopping out of something like that you do you do hot tub cold tub ice ibuprofen hit some weed what do you do um <laughs> normally a red bull vodka or or four or five um <laughs> Forget pretty easy. And, yeah, so, um, you know, I, I January, I was doing dry January. And then, uh, you know, just been uh, getting ready for the season and whatnot. And then uh, was going to try and do a dry 2022, but then got in that wreck. And I'm like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna have a drink tonight, you know, try and ease the pain. Yeah, honestly, dry 2022 sounds like a terrible idea. Uh, I, I have also done a sober preseason myself. But I planned on, uh, obviously, our first race is this weekend in St. Petersburg, Florida. The Sunday night race after party, I will be uh, going back into having a cocktail or two. Uh, but that's, you know, no big deal. Uh, I want to talk about this weekend and specifically, like, we, we also talked to Landon Castle as well. And I think what's really interesting about your two strategies for the Daytona 500 in particular, very different, right? Landon said, he's like, I'm going to sit around for 480 miles and then, you know, show up at the end, right? 
But I think the whole race, you were up there at the front. We were, like me and the boys were cheering for you at the bar. Uh, it's it's something that I think was great because a lot of TV time, a lot of good stuff going on, and you guys had a quick car, which is nice. And being your first Daytona 500, what did you think was obviously you've raced you've raced Daytona, you've been successful at Daytona, but in the Cup car, especially a new Cup car, what did you think was the biggest challenge of racing with those guys and not getting taken out by Brad Keselowski? <laughs> yeah, I heard Brad was wrecking them all. Um, you know, I actually thought it was going to be a lot more challenging to get my way up to the front. Um, I thought they would be a lot more aggressive. I know um, those guys have been doing it for a long time, and obviously Landon's approach to it of, hey, just go right around. You know, it is a long race, but I felt like I had to really really utilize the whole entire race and, you know, take runs and, and move my way up through the field and, and try and learn what my race car was doing, try and learn how I could be – better and, and where it was, uh, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of my car was. So I really tried to utilize the whole race of, of learning, um, you know, how to how to make my runs and set up my passes and whatnot. So um, there is two strategies to that. I really wanted to stay on the lead lap the whole day, which we did comfortably. Um, ran within the top 10, top 20 for, um, you know, a, a good part of the day. Um, so pit stops were a little bit of a challenge. We'd go to the back and we didn't have the best pit crew just because we're uh, we we ran four or we only run four races a year. But at the same time, you know, I, I had a good time. I thought it'd be harder getting up to the front, but uh, you know, it was fun. I think we um, hopefully made a good impression on everyone and, and gained respect. And um, you know, wish we were in the right place at the wrong time and, and got taken out. But I think we could have finished in the top five for it. No, you're snacking on a Slim Jim right there. You say you brought in three for this interview. I want to do a little segment. Very nice. No free – are they paying you? No free ads? What's going on? No free ads here. No free ads here. <laughs> um, I want to do a first, first ever segment here on the show, Win Place Show, gas station snack. All right? Slim Jim's big gas station snack. What is your Win Place Show – if you're heading in on a road trip, you're taking three things, go. Three gas station snacks? Win place show, yeah. What's win place show? Like, win is like checkered flag. Place is probably second. And then third was show, right? He's a oh, big right. horse racing guy. Sorry, Joey's a big horse racing guy. Yeah, now, I own so. a horse <laughs> if you don't if you, if you know that. So you like horse racing? Sure. Okay, so probably third on the board. Like third best, yep. Which would be place, right? Show. Um, that'd be show. So show on the board would be um, definitely uh, maybe some candy, uh, like some Skittles or something. Sour Skittles, maybe. Sour Skittles show, okay. Show. Um, second would be definitely sunflower seeds. Wow. All right. And then what flavor original or what? No, no, no. Never original. Never. Uh, you gotta go dill pickle. I like, uh, big sunflower seeds. So dill pickle, um, maybe the Taco Bell flavor. Uh, they just came out with a Takis flavor, which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you tried Taco Bell Supreme yet? No, but I want to get so far. You gotta try it. Dill pickles, sunflower seeds, place what's the winner is it slim jim um 
You know, it's it's whatever I'm feeling, maybe a bag of chips or something. Uh, but I always go in there and I leave and I'm like, man, I don't want any of this shit, you know? <laughs> it looks like, so enticing on the shelf and then it's yeah. on seat and you're like, I'm like, a- you're like, damn, I want this. And then you leave and you're like, man, I, I don't want any of this. <laughs> like, I wish I had something else. So um, maybe a good drink, maybe a energy drink or something. Okay. Got it. So, Okay. You got it. You got to have. See, I'm a big gas station guy. Anytime I'm at a gas station, not only oh, do I have to drink gas, but I, I know. Have to uh, the yeah. munchies, the munchies with the the and and the Cheetos and the yes, flaming hot munchies. Yeah. That is my that is number one. Like yeah, that. that's number one for me. Those, those are fire. There's a lot of options there. I like that. Well, that's good to know. I I want to know. But that. I do have a diet of an athlete. Uh, some gym and Cheetos and Gatorade. If a NASCAR driver would have had anything else other than that, if you were like, you know, vegan, avocado bullshit, I would have been pissed. Did Landon talk about that? Nope. We didn't get into the diet, but I respect yours. He's a vegan and, uh, or he's a vegetarian, not a vegan. And he eats avocado toast every single morning for breakfast. I mean, so. avocado toast is delicious. Let's not throw shade at avocado toast here. I'm just saying, like, the, the vegan, I, which he said that. So you said you talked to Landon. I'm like, he must have said that in the prior show. It is good, Connor, but, like, NASCAR drivers, you got freaking Mountain Dew and Cheetos slapped across your car everywhere. You're just sitting there driving, just down some, a bunch of that. You know what I mean? Well, I know a big Black Rifle coffee guy, too. Huh? We're a, we're a big Black Rifle coffee Huge guy. coffee guy. Hey, have you guys been to Bucky's? Of course. Best Bucky's? place on the entire planet. How about an Icy from Bucky's? That might be that one might be winning the show right there. Oh. An Icy. Okay. Well, that would hurt my diabetes in a lot. Yeah, large Connor can do that. <laughs> I've been known to force feed Connor into some very bad things like a bunch of donuts and uh, you know, all that shit. So he's used to it. Are you really a Taco Bell manager? Or uh, you got No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, it's a good icebreaker for the bar. Okay. It's important. Noah's got a lot of a girl. A girl's like, what's your Instagram? And you're like, oh, all right, here you go. And she's like, oh, you work at Taco Bell? <laughs> you're like, yeah. And then she's like, well, why are you like verified on there for being a Taco Bell manager? <laughs> and she's a good icebreaker. Well, I mean, you sell a lot of, you sell a lot of, you know, seven liter burritos. Obviously, that's yeah. how you're Yeah, more of a quesarito guy. So uh, I really, really quesaritos and, uh, and, uh, yeah you know what that's uh thinking three steps ahead there man that's that's some good stuff now if you were a taco bell manager if you had some steak in taco bell what what are you changing what are you making better uh at your first for an experience at taco bell customer service because the customer service maybe not just in a taco bell thing but it seems like a worldwide thing or at least nationwide um, throughout all industries is, is customer service. So, um, figuring out how to get people to work. Okay. Cause you got to wait in the drive through line for longer than I, like, we deal, we deal with it at Zaxby's last night, getting food on the way back from Daytona. We were driving home Every, everywhere was packed and nobody was working. So it's get the line going quick. It's important to get this service going. I agree completely. Noah, you are- Chick-fil-A does it right. Chick-fil-A does it right. (laughs) You're one of the most, potentially one of the most creative human beings I've ever uh, heard when it comes to talking to 
other humans, um, a lot of uh, talking to uh, female humans as well. Noah has the creativity in his brain that really should be studied uh, after you potentially, uh, you know, pass on because your brain is at very high level. But also, you can be that funny and you can be that creative because you're a good racing driver too, though. You're, you're going out there and winning races. And, like, that's the best part. I think it's so crucial for NASCAR to, like, use guys like you because not only are you hilarious and very entertaining, and when you're winning races, guess what you're doing? Well, you're chugging beers right there in victory lane. And I don't think there's any better way to celebrate. And do you think there needs to be more of you, like more people like you who are willing to just be themselves in, in NASCAR? Yeah, I just don't know if they're just all weird or like I know I'm a weird guy, but I don't know if they just don't have any personality to them like whatsoever. Um, but yeah, the, the big guys they need to show their true colors. But it gets kind of hard with sponsors and stuff. You can't say everything you want to say, but you can do enough to I don't know have fun with it. I just try and have fun, and you know, if we were talking right now, I'd be eating my chips and eating my my uh slim jim and drinking a gatorade just like how we're talking right now so um you know i i think everybody kind of overthinks it i don't think it needs to be as serious as things need to be you know i, I agree i and i you, you've stayed at my house before as well and so i've seen this in person i understand how it all goes um but it, like it, it's it's interesting you, you talk about like the big boys, like the guys that you just race against in the Daytona 500, right? You go from a full-time Xfinity guy competing for championships every year. What do you think the immediate difference is going from field to field? Obviously, there's usually younger guys in the Xfinity series. There's some people that, you know, might not have as much experience as, let's say, the Kevin Harvick's of the world or the Kyle Bushes, right? Is there is there a difference racing in – what you did Saturday where, again, you're up front all the time, you're competing for a win, uh, compared to uh, the field on Sunday. What was kind of like the immediate difference there? Mm, I'd say pit road was the biggest difference. and I mean, it's kind of hard to say for Daytona because everybody kind of equals out once you get in the draft. Yeah. Which they do on, on other racetracks too, but where you can really gain and lose spots um, is is pit road and and how fast you're getting in the pit box and how fast your your pit crew is and how you're getting off the jack so um really that attention to detail and you know we looked at it before the start of the year um hey if we want to go be the best on pit road we're probably going to have eight or nine penalties this year on pit road speeding uh but you know the 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 margin of error is so slim when you when you shoot to be the best that yeah you're going to make mistakes and things are going to happen but um, that's where those guys are so good at is really maximizing every, everything they can, um, not just on the racetrack, but also on pit road, restarts, all that kind of stuff um, to really get the best advantage possible. You mentioned sponsors earlier. Um, how close was Bass Pro Shops to dropping you after you cut your mullet? Um, well, another one of my sponsors wanted me to cut the mullet. So. Oh. Yeah, we had a, it was a little, a little debacle there. Yeah, I'm not. I was told by my PR person I'm not allowed to go into it. But yes, I was somewhat bummed to cut my mullet. Yeah, <laughs> but now I look at it, I'm like, damn, I don't look like as, like shitty of a, like it's just not as ratty, you know. <laughs> 
definitely you like what I got going on back here. <laughs> I, get, like, I didn't want to cut it, and then I cut it. I'm like, damn, I actually look like a like I thought it looked good before, and then you're like, no, that didn't look good at all when you're you know. You, you look more I honestly, ready to meet I, a mother. Like I, I, what? You look like you're ready to, you know, meet a mother, you know. Hey, shake the dad's hand, meet a mom of a nice lady. Yeah. You know. But I will say, one of our partners said they didn't want the preppy college appearance. And I do think that this looks more preppy college appearance than the mullet does. You're oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, not ideal, but those are the cards we're dealt, and, and we're going to try our best to yeah, keep the I mean, cards on the table, you know. You look like right now you do wear, uh, you know, button-up, button-ups to, uh, to the, you know, on the streets, uh, maybe some boat shoes and very bright-colored salmon shorts. Yeah. Um, but that's respectable, you know what I mean? I hey. might have to go through that same experience with my mullet. I might cut it off and think, man, I look like a clown for the last two years. I don't know. <laughs> I think you should keep it, Connor. You think? Yeah, you should keep it, Connor. I think honestly, one of the reasons that I got a mullet and I decided to grow a mullet was because of Noah. I'm not gonna lie. I think one Sorry? of the things, yeah, one of the things that I respected. I was like, man, you know what? That does look like a pretty cool uh, program, and that's well, really when I decided to start it. The reason I did it, now I like doing stuff, is because nobody else does it. So I, I try and be somewhat unique in my own sense you're the you're the indycar mullet guy right i was a nascar mullet guy you got to do things to market yourself and uh things that nobody's doing stand out a little bit more so that's that was the reason for my mullet and yeah, i thought it was funny what do you have to say to all the tiktok boys who now walk around wearing bass pro shop hats <laughs> it's funny people are like man you got sponsored by bass pro shop and now everybody wears Bass Pro Shop hats. Like, do you think you started that trend? I'm like, nah, the, the TikTok cool, tool kids started that deal. So, no, um, you got to hop on that. You got to say, yeah, that was my thing. And then Josh Richards <laughs> and all those douchebags took it. <laughs> yeah, I know. They, uh, I don't know. Oh, it's a good thing. But I, I will say this is kind of like a douche thing to say, kind of. But like, if someone's like ever wearing you out at like a bar, like for me, They'll be like, oh, you're, you're such a tool. You're wearing a Bass Pro Shop hat. Like, I'll be like, listen, buddy, you pay to wear this hat. I get paid to wear this hat. Boom. You know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a very um, humble thing to say by any means, but it gets the point across pretty well. That's, yeah, that's just science. I mean, that's two plus two equals boom, you're more successful. I got it. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's, uh, incredible, that's man. a beautiful line right there, man. That needs to be on a T-shirt somewhere or something. That's great. Do you, Noah, do you think with obviously the performance, it sucks to wreck cars, obviously, but that team, the, the, that whole group at, at Beard Oil, whatever it is, they, the, like, they obviously seem to like you a lot. There's a great Vegas connection there. With, with how well you were going, you think there's, are there, do you guys plan on running maybe more super speedways? Is there more races ahead for you guys in the Cup Series? Yeah, I hope so. I think um, the team owner, Miss Beard, Linda Beard, she, uh, she was having a great time all weekend, and that was the most important thing is to, um, you know, keep her happy and, um, you know, excited. So I hope we did that. I think there is definitely the opportunity. I know we talked about it before. Uh, really, the race weekend even started um, before we got into the wreck, but um, that was kind of the plan to run all four races, you know. 
Um, so I don't know. We'll see. So we're running those four in, in the Cup Series with them and then 14 with college yep. in the Cup Series as well. So I'll have 51 NASCAR races this year um, between Xfinity and Cup. So it's going to be a lot. Dude, you know what? Doing that many races, you can eat as many Cheetos as you want because you'll be burning a ton of calories in, in, in <laughs> that many races. You know, I will say one thing. It really didn't feel that long behind the wheel. Like, I felt good behind the, the wheel, so it wasn't too bad. Was that, was that your first 500-mile race or no? Yeah, which okay. I made it probably 475. Well, you know, it's, it's a numbers what's, game. Uh, what's two and a half times ten? Two and a half times ten, I believe that is uh, tw- 27. <laughs> ah. 27. 27 and a half? Well, two well times 10 two times two. two. I want to just pull 20, it. and then a half times ten is five, so 25 miles. Yeah. So I ran 475 miles. I did a 475-mile race. There you go, man. You know what? There's always room to keep going. Yeah, we're good at math around here, huh? I honestly am terrible at math, so I, you know, it is, it is what it is. I honestly, man, I appreciate you doing this with us because I think, again, you're one of the most electric personalities that NASCAR has to offer right now. Um, I can't wait to see, honestly, those races that you have with colleague as well. I think will be really, really cool in the Cup Series. I want to see what's going on there. I want to see how you can, uh, how you can progress with that new car and see what's going on. Uh, and I want to see you win the Xfinity Championship. So. I, I, I think I have a lot of friends right now in the Xfinity series, so it is going to be tough to cheer for one person, but it's cool to see the boys going out there and be successful. Um, and obviously when it, when you come to Indy, you can stay at the house and we'll fit, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, go out and have seltzer waters and, uh, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> hey, the good thing about having so many friends in the Xfinity series is you're always going to have one buddy who's going to have a good day and you can go celebrate with them, you know? So, that's actually a great point. <laughs> you're my only, like you got enough horses in the race. I only got you in the race and in, in any car. You're my only horse in the race. So you better have a good weekend every weekend, or I'm gonna be pretty disappointed. You're not wrong. I, I plan on trying to execute that plan to uh, as best that I can. Oh, yeah, <laughs> We're gonna be cheering for you. All right, Noah. Thanks again, man. Uh, Red Bull Vodka is on us when you come to town, buddy. Sounds good. Sounds good. As long as you can get Connor out there for some sugar-free or sugar-free Red Bull vodka, I'm down. I'm down. All right, man. See ya. Hey, guys. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Man, no Gregson. You're right, dude. That was the first time I had talked to him. Uh, first time talking to Landon. Both of them. Uh, great, great conversations. I think we hit a little bit of bug because I think that with Landon, we got a lot of info. We got a lot of great insight. And then Noah is just a 23-year-old mullet guy that just uh, likes to have fun. It was great. Honestly, man, th- those, those are two of my favorite guys out there right now. I mean, it, it is going to be hard to cheer for them because they're, they're both going to be competing, I think, all the way late into the championship fight for that Xfinity Series championship. Um, and – they're teammates on the cup side too. You know, Landon is going to be sharing that colleague uh, seat, I believe, in the cup series with Noah. Or Noah is going to be—I don't know. There, there's some affiliation there across the board, and there, those guys are doing so many random races that I have no idea who to follow. But if they're in the car, I'm going to be following them. And Noah, again, is an electric personality. I, I love that he is just himself. I, that's kind of how I am on the IndyCar side. I'm just going to be me all the time. 
Um, and the guy wins races, so you can't fight with how he, you know, how he acts. Yeah, 23 years old, man. That's, um, that's young. 51 races, he said. That's uh, a full calendar right there. Absolutely full calendar. Yeah. So appreciate those dudes rocking with us and coming on today. First show with two guests. Both of uh, first, first uh, driver guests that we have, both of those guys. So that's awesome. Um, all right, IndyCar. Season starts this Sunday in St. Pete. Uh, full slate of a season going back up to Toronto. Looking forward to that. Hopefully it's going to be, you know, the first regular feeling one in some time. Um, what do you think, man? What are your thoughts heading in? I'm, I'm excited, man. Honestly, we, you know, have getting to test last week, you know, I think the test, the, the, the team performed uh, well. I think we were, you know, we were stronger than we expected to be at Sebring. Sebring is a tough, has been a tough place for us in the past. Um, you know, the, the team at the last test at Sebring was, was with Jack Aiken, uh, and, and it was a bit of a struggle for them, I think. But uh, we really got through a lot of stuff that we wanted to get through, um, and we were quick. I mean, I think in the morning session, you know, we were fourth or fifth, fifth or sixth maybe, uh, and then in the afternoon, we ended up seventh out of 14. Uh, but the entire day, we were, we were quickest. R Renus and I were both first and second. Uh, until the afternoon and the afternoon on the last set of tires we were kind of trying some a few other things and um, didn't really uh, I mean the, the goal of testing is to not really win testing but we thought during the whole day when it comes to the pace we were actually pretty strong so I feel really good about it, um, it it's, it's going to be very very interesting to see how all of what we you know uh, what we worked on translates to St. Petersburg um, but everyone's going to be Closer than ever, I think. And, and that's what's going to be most exciting. And, um, yeah, man, I, I think it's just finally race week. And, and, and I'm glad that we're going to get this, you know, this pod out to the folks that are, you know, potentially traveling there. I know a lot of people have, have tweeted at me, you know, saying that they're going to be down there. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, it, it's one of those things that I've just been – you've been so hungry for for the last few months. And now we finally get to go and – uh, and, and, and it feels right. It does, man. Thank God. It's finally here. First six races on the big NBC. Big NBC. Uh, so Sunday, noon start time um, for where the, you know, being out there in St. Pete on NBC. And then you have NASCAR at 3.30 or right around there. So you got a full day of racing, noon, IndyCar, 3.30, NASCAR, uh, you know, qualifications and everything, of course, which, you know, I'll be locked into. I don't know how many people will be locked into, but I'll be locked into the practice and the qualifying on Friday and Saturday. Um, those aren't on NBC, but they're on Peacock and then NBC yes. for the actual race. So not hard to find there, which is just, just so cool. It's going to have so much of this, um, you know, audience and reach with these races, um, especially early in the season. Uh, one thing that I wanted to get to was, uh, well, actually – yeah, what I want to say, too, the paddock. I'm sure there's going to be folks coming to and from uh, the paddock, hanging with you, saying, hey, you know, wanting to get autographs yes. and photos. And, you know, if you see Connor down there, go see Connor down there. Um, tell him you like Speed Street. Tell him things that you want. Tell him things that uh, you like from the show or want to see from the show. And uh, I'm sure he'll relay it to me because I can't be down there at St. Pete this weekend. Um, and, yeah, that'd be great. To, you want everybody to come see you down at the paddock, right? Yeah, I'm pumped. Honestly, I can't wait to see everyone. I think, I mean, I hope we have autograph sessions and all that stuff back. Uh, we've got, 
I know like a couple of my friends from high school are coming down. A lot of my boys from Indy are going to be down there. Um, it's, it's going to be cool. So I, I, you know, if you're there, definitely come and say hi, uh, talk about the speed street, happy to do it. Um, and you know, did you say you have a prediction of sorts? What, what's, uh, I have my season predictions here. Okay. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so obviously Connor is, is driving. Um, and so he, you know, uh, his, his prediction is to win every race, right? Because I mean, that's what oh, you yeah. that's what you want to do. That's the, that's the goal. But since I'm just a schmo who's watching, who's a fan, I got some season predictions here. Okay, I got two locks. One, well, both of them. I I, I got Ray Hall and I got Daly checkered flag. Uh, you know, in the winner's circle this year. I don't have, I don't know which race yet, but I know that Graham Ray Hall and yourself will be seeing them spraying the champagne. Um, drinking the champagne, possibly drinking the milk, um, and in the winter circle this year. So Ray Hall Daly in the winter circle. Rookie of the year, I'm going Devlin DeFrancesco. All right. It, all you, right. What do you laugh at? No, I, I think that's a it, I, I, that's a bold prediction. I mean, I, I I know Devlin; he's driving for a great team, but man, there's some there's some really good rookies. You got Christian Lungard, who is. You know, he, I mean, he qualified right out the gate in the fast six at the Indy GP first race out. So I think, I, I think there's going to, that rookie battle is going to be tough. You, you think of who he's going up against too. Kyle Kirkwood. Kyle Kirkwood is also I an American. I know, I know all these, I know who all these rookies are and I'm not discrediting Lundgaard. I'm not discrediting Kyle Kirkwood. I like Devlin DeFrancesco. I like his name. I like the team that he's driving for. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with that. Um, I'm going with the champion of the series. I think Colton Herta. I think Colton Herta is going to lock yep. it down. He's going to pick up where he left off in 2021. Uh, and I, I expect big things from Colton Herta this year. Expect him to be uh, the champion of the series at the end of the season. And then the 500 winner. I'm going with Joseph Newgarden. He's going to be a dad. Okay. If it's not you, I think it's going to be Newgarden. I think he's going to get it done this year. It's a special year for him. He's going to be a dad. He's, you know, he, he, he's been at it for a while. You always love the team Pinsky there uh, at IMS. And uh, like I said, if it's not you, if it's not Marco, you guys are the ones who I'm pulling for. I want to win. And you could. I appreciate that. And, I, and you could. But I just, I, I just had this feeling that, that, that Joseph will get it done this year. It's been what? 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. It's been what three, four years since Pinsky's um, been drinking the milk at IMS, right? Yes, I mean I I think it's been a few no, years. Pagano won. No, I'm sorry. So they did back to back. Still a couple years. Still it's a couple. It's been a couple years. So not yeah. that long. But. but I think Joseph is always a good choice. I, I think for some reason, I don't know what it is with him and IMS. There seems to be something that is still missing there for him. And I don't know what that is. I know he's going to have a new engineer this year as well. Maybe that's the move. Maybe that's the key. Um, but those are all, you know, really cool predictions. I, I respect that. I think, I think for me, rookie of the year, Kyle Kirkwood, I think he wins it by a landslide. I think he's going to be very, very competitive. Uh, and, I think he is going to be battling a little bit of an uphill battle. Obviously, Foyt, I hope they can give him everything he needs. I hope that he gets, you know, the, the engineering support that he, uh, you know, he needs. I know he's working with 
uh, an engineer that I worked with before who I really like, Mike Culver. Um, so I think he's going to have a good shot there. Um, but, uh, yeah, championship, I think Colton Herta. I, I think Colton's going to win it. Uh, I think it's going to be a battle all the way down to the last race because IndyCar, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting, and I'm just excited to have – you know, we're going to have 26 full-time cars. I mean, there's just going to be so many people that can, that, that can have an opportunity. Um, and, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just pumped to see how it all plays out. Hell yeah. Well, that's uh, our pre-season, pre final preseason show. We're going to be in. We're going green this weekend again. St. Pete, uh, practice Friday, qualifications practice Saturday, noon start time on Sunday. Of course, got to give a shout out to our, our, our friends and our guys at uh, you know, the IndyCar uh, radio network, Mark Janes and, and, and Nick Yeoman, all them do an outstanding job. So I know we'd love to listen to the audio version. You got to check that out. But if you want to tune in on TV, you should to get those TV ratings booming this year. NBC noon start time. I mean, you guys all know this, but again, just hammering you over the head with it. Connor, have fun down St. Pete, man. Good luck. Of course, going to be pulling for you. Stay safe. Bring home the checkered flag and uh, let's have a season, man. I appreciate it, man. But hold on. We're going still with the random Indy 500 driver. Oh, we, yes. can't, we can't leave the show without having one of those really quickly. I will do the research for you. I went to the, I went to the 1994 Indianapolis 500. My first I went, 500. I was, that was the first one I was born. I was alive for. There you go. Uh, and I have decided on – now, I know this name, but I feel like we need to learn a little bit more. Um, I went with the P27 finisher, Marco Greco. Oh, I love Marco it. Marco Greco. I, I know this name because I feel like I have done some research in racing before. Uh-huh. But Joey, I'm sure that you probably don't know his name. It's the first time I've heard it. Marco Greco, 1994, Indianapolis 500, Brazilian. Um, and I, to be, to be fair, I don't actually know much about him either, to be honest. Are you sure he's not Mauricio Guglman? No, I, I definitely know Mauricio Guglman, yeah. But uh, he's Marco not Greco, up with Huh? I'm not seeing anything in the 19, I don't see his name. Oh, yeah, it's there, bro. 1994, Indy 500, finished 27th, started. 32nd and uh i mean i can tell you about him if you want no, I'm, I'm not seeing it yeah yeah he's he's 60 years old well actually he might be older than that now um apparently marco greco also when you uh wikipedia him also an actor so there there's two marco grecos out there oh i thought he doubled as a driver and a and an actor you meant i was like dang that's impressive that's cool so apparently, uh, he he has done both of those things. So, born December first, nineteen sixty three, Brazilian, a former motorcycle racer and auto racing driver uh, in the IndyCar series from nineteen ninety six to nineteen ninety nine. Best finish in the season points was third. That's actually pretty impressive. Four Indy five hundred starts. Best finish of fourteenth in ninety eight. Um, so yeah, he's done a lot. Uh, driven for. Uh, Dick Simon Racing, Gallus Racing, uh, apparently AJ Foyt as well. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's done quite a lot of racing, Marco Greco. And I I do know the name, but I just I felt like he deserved to be a little bit. You know, we're we're giving people respect who might not 
you know, who might not have got as much uh, respect in my current, in my era of living of the 90s and the early 2000s. Marco Greco. How about, uh, how about this? This is aging a lot of people here. The defending Indy Lights champion, Brian Herda. Oh, yeah. Was in this race. The father of Colton Herda. Wow. A legend. This is crazy, man. That's wild. Also, the rookie of the year that year for the month of May was uh, a gentleman who was one of the older heads that we just saw uh, make it into the Daytona 500. Oh, yeah. Jacques Villeneuve. Or no. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. There you go. There it is. All right. That's our driver of the week. Marco Greco. Love it. Okay. Just a reminder. We're in, we're in season now, so it's going to be picking up on Speed Street. Continue to build this neighborhood, this cul-de-sac, whatever you want to call it, uh, and be friends with us here. So be sure to follow, subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, find us there. Please, 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 if you could do that, helps out the show, the algorithm, helps people find us and keeps us going here on Speed Street. Gives us fuel if you will, bring them all together with the, uh, the racing cues there. So Connor, thanks bud. Uh, we'll be talking to you next time on Speed Street.